get on to the men, the contenders for the men awards? Sure, absolutely. The, the Oscar bait. Is poor things Oscar bait? I, I certainly never would would be like twenty years ago, but <laughs> uh, I've got no idea. I mean, it's it's kind of astonishing. Uh, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure if I liked it or not. Um, I appreciated it. I, I, I really don't know. I, I think I could talk like for two hours with someone about poor things and still not quite know what my feelings are about it. It's definitely enjoyable. Yes, I do feel that Yorgos Lanthimos over time. And it's a very long film. It's like what nearly two and a half hours, isn't it? Um, it does begin to wear a bit thin. Just that tone and. The, the jokes become a bit repetitive. Um, it's very enjoyable, but was I offended? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I can't... I honestly don't know. I, I can't know what to make of it, and I can't... It's so critically acclaimed that I can't see the Academy ignoring it, you know? And it's got such amazing crafts, you know? There's no way it can't get in, like, costume and makeup and uh, um, set design and all this kind of thing. It, it has to because it's that's just astonishing all of it isn't it the acting's great um the um screenplay all this kind of stuff i can't there's all these things i can't imagine it not getting nominated for and yet at the same time i wouldn't be at all surprised if it flopped and <laughs> got like got like four nominations instead because it's it's so out there that are those sort of stake eater voters really going to be going for this? I think it's going to get the nominations. It's one of the films that I could see losing every one. Yes, no, I agree. 100%. Because it could easily get double digit nominations. Easily. You could count them off now, and it's like. There's, yeah, there's... I mean, the cinematography editing might depend on how well it's liked overall, but certainly makeup and hair, certainly art direction, costume, acting. Could it get two best supporting actor nods? It absolutely could. We're on, a, we're on a roll, aren't we? And it's um, there's no reason why it, it, it couldn't do that. Um, film director all feel like definite possibilities, especially you know, obviously with a a ten person film, it's, it, can't, it can't can't really miss there, can it? Um, and now we're already now up into like you know, knocking nine or ten, aren't we? And then it only takes a you know a, a score or a um, you know whatever other other ones there are to do. Um, it's it's just baffling, really, really kind of. It's I mean baffling. We had a text exchange, right? A WhatsApp exchange, right? About because um, it started, and you know, Emma Stone is is playing somebody who's had her <laughs> um, baby. Well, this is, this is the thing. It's very, very, very. <laughs> it's very hard to explain. Yes, without getting like really like. In the week, you, you couldn't like say, "Oh, this is a quick synopsis of what happens." It, you just can't do that because it's not—it's not even about that. It's—it's it's very much like tone based as well. You can't explain the tone, can you? Other than it being Lanthimosian or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's very hard to like without also, you know, without <laughs> telling everyone the whole plot. It's very hard to explain what actually happens. But I was worried at the beginning about Emma Stone because she's not. She doesn't. Me too. She doesn't seem to be landing the lines at all and it's she's got this sort of Jodie Foster and Nell which we both we both thought this like this is somebody you, t- you text that to me you text that to me Jodie Foster and Nell and that was exactly what I thought in the in the screening there's that that thing where you're like 
are they great or are they absolutely terrible? You know, are they trying too hard? I just, I don't know what they're doing here. Um, turns out with Emma Stone, there's kind of a reason for that. So maybe, maybe she was amazing. You know, maybe she actually did. I think she was, I think she was really great. But, um, just because she pitches it, there is a development and she's in charge of that to a certain extent. Um, in terms of the, also, there's a lot about the coordination changes. It's sort of, yes, yeah, yeah. The, absolutely. She, she's actively growing. She's actively opening her mind as it goes, and you could definitely feel that in the performance. And that's what's really impressive about it. And and the physicality, the physicality of it is what really impressed me because you you don't, pardon me, as as she goes, she, it's it's just like in the arms, it's in the legs, it's how she holds herself. There's all these kind of things that it's really impressive. When you, hopefully it was done in. Hopefully they shot in order because if they didn't, that would be. I can't imagine how you would have. <laughs> how she would have managed to do that. The I still think she's kind of miscast, in that I can't imagine reading that script and thinking Emma Stone's the girl for this. You know, that's just like, and I really like Emma Stone. It's not a criticism of her, but this feels like a a performance for a, a sort of a weird physical indie art. It feels like Samantha Morton would have done, or like um, you know, a kind of real sort of actor's actor which um whereas uh it feels like emma stone's maybe gotten to the point where she's she's won the oscar she's quite famous you'd expect maybe a younger actress to be in this this part maybe somebody that this is the breakout whereas obviously it's not going to be for emma stone i have to say that like the dance scene i thought was hilarious yeah (laughs) um and just everything to do with that. I mean, it's the same. The jokes are great, but it is sort of. It's the same joke. It's the naivety of her approach to sexuality, approach to, to everything. But that is fresh in a way, and it does sort of mock these, you know, Victorian values where it's like, oh, the woman must not have pleasure, and sex is not for pleasure, and she's perverse, and all this. And, you know, Lanthimos definitely rings that um idea out completely you know but yeah I, I could have done without the end thing with the where she revisits her former self without making any spoilers um <laughs> i think my issue was more mark ruffalo who's who's loads of fun it's not criticism at all but i just felt his his character every single time you knew what was going to happen you knew how he was going to you know how he was going to like announce something. You knew it was going to be foul mouthed, and he was going to like swear, and it just became like that. That joke has been done to death now. You know him like, but using vulgar language in a kind of Victorian setting just became a bit a bit uh, tired. It could have just, yeah, as often as the case, films are getting films are so long these days. They can often just do with twenty minutes cut. You know, of the middle of sort of uh, unnecessary baggage it's very strangely cast as well and you consider everyone in it is american more or less aren't they mark ruffalo's accents quite dodgy oh the accents were bad oh the accents were bad even uh, william defoe's was bad i didn't realize he was scottish until about halfway through because i think it kept coming and going and, and mark ruffalo's was just was just bad emma stone's was was great she does a really good yeah emma stone yeah was faultless but yeah ruffalo it just it was like supposed to be this haughty, taughty Englishman, and then it just 
sort of it kept slipping it kept slipping it was still really funny i mean when he turns up outside the brothel i was just like <laughs> um i would i would people are saying that robert Downey jr is to be in supporting actor i think that if robert Downey jr wins it's going to be because he's made so many billions of pounds for the for the industry you know and that, that's that's not a criticism at all there's nothing wrong with that at, at all I, I fully fully support those kind of wins sometimes but um as far as overdue is concerned i mean mark ruffalo will be on here this will be his fourth will it supporting after none um, well, willem defoe as well right fifth willem defoe absolutely yeah he'll be his fifth yeah um so but he's got the slightly less showy role i can't see him winning if he gets nominated it feels like he will be on his fifth and then next time he'll they'll have to give it to him but um uh mark ruffalo's got the much showier role hasn't he and i can see if people want to reward this film somewhere, it feels like this Mark Ruffalo would be the place to go. Potentially. I don't know. I kind of feel like Willem Dafoe might be a better bet just because he gets... Uh, we can't do spoilers. Um, it's maybe a more emotional <laughs> role um, in certain yeah. ways. And also we've just seen Jamie Lee Curtis win for being overdue for a performance that didn't take much acting frankly um even though i really like the film but i don't really get why she won or well the performance quality you know um but yeah i i don't know i could see i could see the four winning but it does if they're both nominated it certainly doesn't help either of them no um weirdly I've been because you know because I'm sad I've been making my list of like potential nominees so far and who I've seen and who I haven't um, Emma Stone does feel like the only slam dunk slam dunking actress at the moment I mean I think that um, this it's a really strong category this year there's a good like eight or nine people who you would not be surprised if, if they if they made it in but Emma Stone's going to make it into Best Actress you can say that without you know she's going, to, she's going to make it into Best Actress there's no doubt um and, and it would be a best performance that she's been nominated for, for me, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, there is, there is something... I can't help thinking about the now comparison. There's something in it where you can see the cogs working, you know? She's, she is acting the whole time, and it's not really a criticism, because I thought she was great. I'm not criticising the performance, but there's just something about it that just was very, very, very slightly off for me. Um, but I would fully approve of her getting nominated. I feel like she's a dead cert to get nominated, but has no chance of winning, is how I, that's what I think of it at the moment. I agree. Um, yeah, because of the film. Um, I just saw 1001 yesterday and thought Tiana Taylor was amazing. And My number one of the year. Mine too. And I love her music as well. I loved her first album and then um, Keep the Same Energy. The second album's great too. So I was kind of a fan of her anyway. I didn't know she could act. I didn't know she was an actress. The, literally the only reason I knew who she was is because at the VMAs or something, or the, um, the Grammys, she did like a sexy dance to a Kanye West song. That's literally the only reason I knew who she was. And I knew she was like this ridiculously beautiful dancer um, who was sort of famous for being famous. And when I saw she was in this film, I thought, oh, that's interesting. They put her in. She's just astonishing. She's just, I love that. It's my favourite film of the year. And she's absolutely just amazing. I mean, the in it. twist I, I didn't see coming. I, I was actually a little bit upset, <laughs> but I, I, it didn't make the film any worse. But I can't remember the twist because I saw it like I saw it back in like February or something. So I don't remember. Don't don't don't, don't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. I'll, I'll look it up now. But um, 
I think she hasn't got a hope. I think she'll probably get in at the Indie Spirits or something, but um, such a strong field this year, I can't imagine that her, she's going to crack. Yeah, I'm not sure I can see um, New York or LA or National Society giving her the the win. At, since we're on Best Actress, shall we kind of segue to Killers of the Flower Moon, which I didn't see, but you did. <sighs> I, I struggle with Martin Scorsese these days. In fact, I always struggle with Martin Scorsese. Um, he's clearly a genius filmmaker. I've got there's no you know obviously I'm not going to criticise Martin Scorsese's directing. That that would be that would be crazy. Um, but he has a way. She's he's always done, but to me it's become more and more noticeable in recent times. I've been um, centering his films around the worst possible. White men. That goes, yeah, that all goes way back to, you know, Taxi Driver or, um, Raging Bull or anything, you know. But in recent times, this story, The Killers of Flower Moon, I don't know if you've read the book. It's a really, really good book. Um, it's centered around this native woman. She's the center of the story. And then the second part of the story is the FBI man who comes in to solve the mystery of who's killing her family members. They are the two protagonists in this film. For some reason, for some Leo reason, Martin Scorsese has decided to centre it around her terrible husband, who, it's not a spoiler to say who is the one doing the murders because, again, this is a huge mistake I think with the film, that we're told that up front. So within the first ten minutes we know... we know. So it's not a mystery? No, we're literally told in the first ten minutes. Now in the book you kind of get this, but it's not actually a given, it's, it's a slow reveal, you know? And this film to me should have been almost like gaslight. It's, it should like, it's, this is a woman who's having these terrible things happen to her and the slow realization of what's happening. That should be the film. And then this FBI agent comes in to solve the, solve the mystery. Instead, it's centered on the main woman, Lily Gladstone. Uh, Molly is her name in the film. Instead, we're centered on Leonardo DiCaprio. So every single moment for three and a half hours, we see Leonardo DiCaprio do this. I don't care. I don't care what he's doing. He's not the center of your story, but the story is centered around the the least interesting character in the whole thing, you know? And I just find it really frustrating. It's, it's a very, it's an enjoyable film and it's three and a half hours and it doesn't feel like three and a half hours. It really goes at a pace. You know, the costumes are great and the cinematography is great and the performances are great. It's just so oddly centred around the wrong person that it's almost insulting. And does that mean that she isn't lead? Because Lily Gladstone has decided she wants to be lead against the studio's wishes. Is that, is that the official story? Cause like, um, I, I was, I felt to me, she could have gone supporting. That would feel like a stretch to me. She is very much in it a lot. She's in it from the very beginning to the very end. There's no like, often someone, if they come in and out of the story, even if doing it a lot, you feel like they're maybe more supporting. I feel like she's definitely, she's definitely lead to me. I, I'm very much a proponent. If in doubt, you go lead as far as I'm concerned. I definitely think she is, she is, she is a lead of the film. But she's not the lead of the film. And even though you're telling it from Leo's perspective, it's quite clear this is her story. And so it's just kind of, and especially we've heard a lot about how, um, I think there was one at an initial script, wasn't there? And they went back to, um, actually speak to that native, um, leaders or something to make sure the script wasn't offensive and to add more theft to her role, etc. And it's just bewildering how they've gone back with this in mind to know very well that this is a story of indigenous Americans being filmed by Martin Scorsese, who may not be the per- best person to, to make this film, and he's gone away to make sure there is um, enough input for the people who matter, and you've still come across, come out with this, which is not 
her story. Yes, I think she's Lee. I think she's in the right category. Um, she's got too much to do to be supporting, but just it's just not focused on in the right. It's, it's looking in the wrong direction, basically. The whole film is looking looking in, in the wrong direction, and it's a film I I, I enjoyed a lot. You know, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I just got take you could literally take Leah out of it. it. Could just be a supporting. The, the husband should be a supporting role, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I kind of decided not to see that because it was coming on Netflix soon. Like Nyad, I love Nyad. Nyad is great. It is not art plot. in any way. It's got plot. <laughs> it's got it's got <laughs> plot. Yeah, but it is what in some way cinema is made for. It's a great big crowd pleasing, feel good, you know, communal thing. It was it was it's just a delight. It's a delight. It's an absolute pleasure to watch. Is it good? Who cares? You know, it's thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> um, you say about watching it on Netflix. I, as I watched it, I just thought this should have been. This could have been made in 1984 for CBS, starring Joan Woodward, and she would have won the Emmy. You know, that, that, that's basically basically what it is. Um, Annette's great. Jodie's great. You know every single thing that's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. You know. Um, don't look out before, obviously, unless you know the story well. But um, I, I knew. I knew, I knew ish. Like, I kind of knew what's going to happen. But even if you don't know what's going to happen, you will not be remotely surprised at any single bit. You've seen every single frame of this film before. Um, but this one is centered around two middle-aged women, or not even middle-aged, like in the sixties, uh, women who you just don't see on screen. You don't see two A-list movie stars looking their age, looking great, but looking their age in great big, you know, big cinema screens you, you just don't see it and it's actually quite really really interesting you know how neither of them i'm not saying they've had no work done or whatever but they don't look like they have they, they both look like you know people you you know and they're both truly proper great actresses aren't they and i just think it's it was kind of like great to see i i just thoroughly enjoyed it and un- unapologetically thoroughly enjoyed it i'm not i'm not in any way going to argue that it's a great filmmaking because it's not but it's thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable and a lot of people are saying this is a great sort of mini combat vehicle for Jodie Foster as well, who's supporting. But Annette Benning is the um, the big overdue. Will she win for this? Uh, we've said we don't think Emma Stone's going to win. So this, somebody's got to win. Exactly, yeah. Um, I feel like every year um, Annette Benning has an Oscar Beatty role that kind of fizzles, you know? It's kind of become a bit of a joke now. She hasn't been nominated since what, since, what, 2010? So we're talking, like, 12, 13 years. Yeah. And and she's clearly, I don't know she's clearly trying, you know, but she's still out there. She's still, like, um, having leading roles. She hasn't suddenly gone off into supporting to try and get a, a nomination. Um, she, or TV. It'd be, yeah, yeah, exactly, completely. And she's she's very, very good. She's she's It's a proper, like, acting form. She's playing a character, you know? Um her and Jodie are both great in it. Uh, I can't imagine them not getting nominated. I'm, I'm just really not sure about this Back to Best Actress lineup. I can't, I can't get my head around it. You know, there's so many ways it could go, and so many people who could definitely get in, but also wouldn't be at all surprised if they didn't. I think Lily Gladstone is a prime example of that. You know, if she was, if she went supporting, I think supporting was sewn up. I think it's very admirable she's gone lead. I can't. A hundred percent say she's going to get in in lead. What about Kerry Mulligan then? No, there was some ridiculous talk of her going supporting, wasn't there? 
Um, but then she's got, she's got, she's got form. Um, no, she's, she's completely lead. She's, she's top build, um, which makes no sense at all. Um, it is a two hander, you know, it's her and her husband. But another theme I did find over this, um, this festival, which is interesting. Last time I was on, we talked about, um, um, sweet dreams with Jessica Lang playing uh, Patsy Cline. Yeah. Yes. And we said how frustrating it is when you have a film about a revered, talented woman and how we have to make it into a story about like their marital woes, you know, and how this always happens. It's a, it's a regular thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. I have seen so many films this week where they've done exactly the same, but weirdly from a male perspective. So Maestro is a story of Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein is a great conductor, a great musician, a great pianist, you know, um, West Side Story, which is mainly why he's famous, you know, he's, he's to, to the out to, to the wider world, he's famous because he he was one of the people who wrote West Side Story. Um, West Side Story is mentioned once in passing. The rest of it is basically them having marital problems. Very well done. Are there marital problems unique? Like, is are the no? I mean, you you know, is it? it is it a crazy wild ride? Like what? I mean, I mean, it's it's real life. So I mean, I, I suppose like you can say some stuff, but like um, on the whole, it's like you know, vague infidelity and someone gets ill. It's like <laughs> it's, it's very, it's just a very odd, again, a very odd framing. You know, you've got like this great man who's doing great things. His wife's super interesting. She's not like a wallflower or anything. You know, she was a, a successful actress in, in her own in her own right, and. It's just mostly sort of slightly mundane marital problems. Now, I, I I enjoyed it. It's 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 the primest of prime Oscar bait that you're going to get this year. You know, it's very slickly done. It looks fabulous. It's got big stars in it. It's about a real life person. It ticks all all those Oscar bait boxes. And sometimes you can't really fail with that. Although we'll come to a film that's exactly the same which failed miserably. Um, you, sometimes you can't really fail with that. And this this doesn't fail. It's absolutely fine. Thoroughly entertaining. But you just kind of think really that's that's the story you wanted to tell because this could be about your next door neighbors you know that the problems they're having um she's fine i think he's really good bradley cooper is a sort of shockingly good actor if that makes sense um yeah and there's a makeup here as well right this is quite baity for him potentially in terms of oscar yeah the whole nose thing has been overblown as you may have expected um, it, it didn't, he didn't really need to do the nose thing, I don't think, because he's got a big nose anyway. But, um, it's, it's not particularly noticeable. It's, mo- it's more noticeable in the earlier parts when they've actually done some digital, you know, line removing and that. So I think it just shows up a bit more in the early parts, but by the end, you're not even, not even noticing it. It's not, it's not, it's a bit of an overblown. I understand the, I understand that why well, it looks bad, but like, um, it's a bit of an overblown thing. I, th- I can't think many people going in watching the film are going to be like distracted by the, by the nose particularly but it's got all those it's got all those Oscar things that people specifically love these days you know the, the makeup the real life and everything and he's very he's very good he's very very good he makes him kind of like sort of slightly boyish and like um, he's very charming it's just it's just a I was very impressed with him Kerry Mulligan is also very very good um, I just I just don't know if there's enough there there maybe but I, I suspect she gets in just because it's going to get a load of nominations it'd be very odd to leave her off of them which is kind of how i feel about kerry uh lily gladstone as well i think like it would be such a terrible look if that film gets 10 nominations and she's not one of them but um somebody's gonna miss out no 
it happens all the time, right? Well, I just, I, but I just feel like the pressure to make sure that Lily Gladstone gets in is kind of probably going to be so big that um, people are going to be very, very aware of it. You know? Yeah. Just quickly, can we just quickly mention May December? Did you see May December? I didn't. No. Um, so no, because also it's also coming to Netflix, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot on their they've got a lot on their plate. I just thought it was very underwhelming. Um, it's got all the ingredients there, you know. Those two great, great actresses, um, great director, and just doesn't really. It, it, there's all these little plot points in the way that which you feel are going to come back. Yeah, and they just kind of don't. <laughs> so I'm ends. just kind of like, oh, why? Why did you put that in if you weren't going to come back to it later? Um, I heard it described as like an all about Eve. <sighs> Riff ish, but <laughs> it, yeah, it's 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 one of those ones. It's hard to hard to hard to discuss when you haven't like seen it. I, I was just underwhelmed. That that's that's the word I would use. Underwhelmed. I think there's so much material there and so much to to so much you could do with it, and they just kind of just kind of don't. And there's something that happens at the very end, which will be very interesting to discuss with you when you have seen it, because. I wasn't sure what my reading was supposed to be of it. I wasn't sure what my take was supposed to be. And there is a way that it's genius, but maybe I misread it. And if I did misread it, I think it's not blatant enough. I feel they could have pushed it a bit further to, to make it really clear. So, um, but then again, it may not be that at all. So <laughs> when you see it, we could, we could discuss. Um, yeah, it's fine. I, I don't think either of them. Okay. Um, maybe Julianne could get into supporting. She's not supporting. They should both be lead. But um, I don't think Natalie will crack with the strength of the field this year. It doesn't um, seem like there's a, a whole lot of passion for it. No. And also, um, you've got on uh, Netflix, they've also got um, got May, December. They've got Poor... Th- not Poor Things. They've got uh, uh, Maestro. And they've got and Curves of Flamboyant and Nyad. So... That's four. They're not getting. They're not getting four best actresses in, are they? So that's um that's kind of crazy. And the last one who's in contention, I think, from this festival at least, would be um, is it Katie Spaney? How do you say her name? Katie Spaney from Priscilla. She's very good. She's very very good. Uh, not very well known. No, not very. Known. I just I don't think she's going. She, in order to crack this this thing, you'd have to be spectacular. You'd have to be like someone who's the big find of the season. And she she's. She's great. She does absolutely nothing wrong. I, the film's just a slightly flat retelling of something that you kind of knew already. There's no. It's the exact opposite of, of Elvis last year, you know, which was all bells and whistles. This is this is no bells and whistles. It's very very interesting story. I, I feel like they could have just jazzed it up slightly. It's quite kind of sedate. Um, she she's she's very very good. And in, in, a, in a year that wasn't as strong, I think she would definitely. Um, be able to crack it but i think there's um there's probably too much going on from bigger names more established names with showier showier roles and the one the only one i think who's in contention that i haven't seen so far is because nobody's seen it um is fantasia in the color purple um my number one of the entire year so um, well I've, i've not seen the musical i don't know any of the songs um but we we did talk about the colour purple in length um, when you came on to talk about the best actress. It's I not know. just that; it's just also that Fantasia Barino I consider to be the greatest singer on the planet, and I've considered that since she won American Idol in two thousand and like two or whatever it was. I remember. So, I remember um, watching that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was it? Oh, it's four. It was 2004 because I was driving across America as she, as she did it, I think. Um, so I consider her to be the greatest singer on the planet. And the fact that they, they actually chose her is, um, just makes me so, so happy. And it's just really unfair that, um, Jennifer Hudson has an Oscar when she, when Fantasia beat her on American Idol and now it's, now it's Fantasia's turn. So I know one person who's seen it. I saw one, no one person saw a rough cut back in May and they said that she's absolutely spectacular. And they said that, um, Danielle Brooks is her name. Who's it? What's her? Yes. Is she in the Oprah role or the Margaret Avery? She's in the role? Oprah role. So yes. Yeah, she, so she's playing, um, Sophia. Um, they said she's absolutely, um, magnificent as well. And back to Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, of course. Yeah. Lots of lots of Oscar pundits got Sandra Huller in that five. I do, yeah. I think I've been my, I think I've been like second place. Uh, she, she's very good. She doesn't quite. It's very very kind of. Um, it's not a big showy performance, you know. It's very contained, and that isn't a criticism. I'm just saying that Oscar doesn't often go for that, do, do they? There's a couple of moments where she really lets rip, and she's she's magnificent. Um, I think overall. If this was on British television and it was a four-part series on like Channel 4 or something and it was starring Nicola Walker, Walker or Maxine Peake or Anna Freel, all those great sort of TV actresses yeah. we have here who, who, who are kind of like in their 40s, sometimes 50s, but they're kind of big TV stars, you know, um, it would be kind of a big thing that you must watch. Um, as a two-hour sort of procedural film, it just falls a bit flat for me and I think as I say the same for her performance it's nothing to do with her she does nothing wrong I just don't think she's quite given enough to uh to chew on for Oscar purposes that doesn't mean she can't get nominated I think she probably can because I feel like it's going to get a lot of international support a lot of European support um and it feels like it feels like the big one the big um uh like foreign language international picture of the year which we tend to have these in the last few years, haven't we been a parasite? I drive my car, or whatever. I feel like it's going to get some big nominations, and it would be odd if it did get big nominations without her being one of them. It would also be odd with it get if it did get picture director, but not obviously not the submission from its own country, which you know doesn't tend to happen so much anymore. But it may that may help it in some ways because it may be like oh well, they can't they can't award it there, so they've got to award it um, probably somewhere else. So the fact they can't. Um, nominate it and then be done with it you know it maybe it will um start showing up in in other places and i also think when it comes to the precursors especially like the critics and that i think it's going to be high up on people's list isn't it um okay so we're from best actress we both saw alexander payne's the holdovers i didn't care for it too much and i am worried because i feel like it may win best picture and that's only because it's the dramedy amidst this, you know, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, heavy duty, serious films. Oscar likes a message. It really does like a message. And this is a message movie. It's a Christmas movie. The Academy voters are going to be watching the screeners over the holidays. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I do think this is going to go down well. I 100% agree with you. I think it's actually at the top of my rankings for win at the moment. It's, they're very provisional, you know, um, on, on Gold Derby. Um, when that often happens, when there's a big, all these big heavy hitters and they almost kind of cancel each other out and, and Oscar voters go for that, the feel goody movie in the middle. This isn't a feel good movie as such, but it's certainly not heavyweight. Um, I think that Divine Joy Randolph probably has this sewn up. I can't be absolutely shocked if she's not nominated at least. 
It's fine. It's pleasant. It's agreeable. It's entertaining. It's underwhelming. It's that there isn't a lot of to grab onto. You know, there's not a lot of plot. It it plods along nicely. It's funny in parts, but it's just very light. You know, it's just like it's got this like the soundtrack is just so awful. Like it's it's sort of like Inside Lewin Davis, which I loved, um, and I thought the music was good. But it's sort of like the music they pick from the era, the same era, is just maudlin and it's all like trying to be 70s Harold and Maud, you know. But then what about the story? You've forgotten how to create a convincing story. It's like Paul Giamatti's this teacher. Oh, you're my responsibility. You know, you students, you can't do this. And then five minutes later, he lets them do it. Like... <laughs> How many times does that happen? I, my bit was when the, this quite nice setup at the beginning, where there's all these different students who are um, left over Christmas, and I thought that dynamic was quite cool. And then, not to give any big spoilers away, they all disappear. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm left with left with you. you. You're not very interesting." <laughs> you know? So it was. Mm, I, I just find this so often these days, where people have like, I can't believe someone got that script and no one said, mm, "Do you want to?" You know, a bit lacking. It it just feels like, it just feels you know as as you say underwhelming. It feels like something's missing, and I, um, you you would well you would have the seventies you would have done it. You would have got away with it in the seventies. There was a lot of that in the seventies. Um, but certainly my favourite era is the filmmaking. You know the thirties and forties and that where it was just plot 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 plot. You know, um, and that would have been the plot in this would have been like the first half. If you see like a a Betty Davis film from like nineteen. 33 or something like right at the beginning and um it's 63 minutes long and it's got like five deaths and three births and like three black <laughs> four blackmail attempts and like <laughs> it's just absolutely brilliant i love how much they stuff in and they, they feel like way more pacey and, and engaging and then there's a court there's a courtroom scene at the a courtroom end scene, courtroom there's like scene, a period yeah, where yeah, every yeah, film every, everything ends in a courtroom scene. scene absolutely and someone will have one of those mysterious illnesses that's never never named but they they die of it of the malaise you know um and these days, you, you know, that, that'll be for 63, 63 minutes. Now. And then we've got two and a half hour films where like nothing much happens. And I'm just kind of like, bring back, um, bring back pre-code. I mean, the hold of us does have a plot, but it's. It does, but I would, I would defy you to now be able to tell me the plot because it's very kind of episodic and it thumps and flows and it's a bit of this happens, and a bit of that happens. And this is like slightly dramatic, but nothing much comes of it. And then like it ends. You know? And dodgy bits where like he ends up meeting the guy in Boston who he went to Harvard with, and oh yeah, it's almost like Woody Allen, like recent Woody Allen films where you think, oh, you really should have changed this scene, like it's just lazy. Um, yeah, it, it, the whole job was, was it's fine and it's pleasant, and I won't be mad if it wins anything, like, but I won't be. It's totally mid pack, you know. It is, and I, I, I think the acting is good from the three three men yeah divine joy randall i loved her in um dolomite is my name so she was cracking really enjoyed that me film. too yeah she was brilliant in that wasn't she 100 i mean she's not brilliant in this I, 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 she's good she she has a sympathetic role which is going to help her as well get the nomination i i was i was expecting more because I keep hearing how she's like the absolute front runner and like, you know, it's hers to lose, etc. So I was expecting expecting more. It's not her fault 
No. At all. It's she does what she can with what she, what she's given. Um Best Supporting Actress isn't stacked this year, is it? And there's no clear front runner. And she feels like she feels very much the sort of person who should be winning supporting actress. Yeah. You know? It's that it's the right size of role, it's not too big. Yeah, it's hundred percent. And she's the right size of star, so she's not a huge star, you know, um going into a smaller role just so she can win an award. She's not a huge star in a big role pretending she's supporting. She's exactly what it's supposed to be. She's a supporting actress playing a supporting role in a mid tempo Oscar Beatty film. Yeah. And she's probably got the Oscar scenes as well. She's the 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 scene at the party where she gets drunk and cried. That's that's pretty much an Oscar scene. She's got she's got it and she's got an amazing uh resting bitch face as well, which is just perfect for this film. Also, this very much feels like the sort of film that's going to get seven nominations and... Where do we reward it? Yeah, yeah where do we reward it? Yeah, it's a Michael Collins thing, isn't it? Where you, 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 you like the film a lot, but where, where can you give it a, a win? And um, this very much feels like a, a supporting actress win performance and win the sort of film that will win a supporting actress um, Oscar. And at the moment, I haven't really been doing my supporting actress list, but um, she certainly feels... Feels up there, I feel. So I, I agree. I think she's going to win. Um, what about? I mean, is there anything else that you saw at the festival, or is there any nomination that you think's happening that you don't want to happen from the films we've discussed? I the, the one thing that I, I saw that I thought we should discuss, and it started out as like an Oscar contender, but it seems to have like fizzled after the festivals as a as an awards contender. Really, is is Saltburn, um, Emerald Fennell's new film after promising young woman um did you did you see it no i do love um barry though i think he's such a great <gasps> actor i love him he's brilliant isn't he's, he i just think he's just beast i think he's like the best actor of his generation seriously i just think he's he's amazing he's one of those actors who turns anything into something you know but this is a strange comparison but he's like thelma ritter yeah you know how like it doesn't matter he's he's always barry keoghan and everything but he somehow manages to make that work in any any situation. You know, there's something about him. I can't, you can't you can't teach it. You know, you've either got it or you haven't. And he he's just he's just brilliant. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Saltburn. It's got massive problems, but you can't come away without a smile on your face. And it's it's hilarious. It's really funny. Um, Tonally, I don't think it quite knows what it's doing, but the absolute same can be said of Promising Young Woman, can't it? Because that was a a, to- a tonal mess. Um, so yeah, I think it tries to be too many things, um, and I'm not sure it's kind of um, it's supposed to be like a scathing takedown of the aristocracy. You know, I'm not quite sure that it's as scathing as it thinks it is, but yeah, it's it's just very enjoyable. Maybe it isn't an awards contender. Maybe it's a Maybe it's just a, a commercial player, you know. Um, it's gonna. I people... think it's definitely been better received in the UK than it has overseas. Like I heard um, podcast in America, IndieWire podcast, and they were pretty dismissive of it. And I was yeah, and Thompson and Thompson hated it, didn't she? Yeah, um, I do the... love Anne Thompson though, but yeah, she hated. It. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very, very English at times. There is some of the, some of the jokes would just go completely over people's head. That had me like howling. Um, there's one particular line. I won't do it. It's, it. 
it doesn't out of context it doesn't make any sense but Rosamund Pike is my performance of the year of anybody across all performance certainly this, of this festival um I think there's a possibility that when people see it, she could be one of those ones. You know, maybe she gets in and it gets a screenplay or something. You know, that that, that seems possible. But it, it, I don't think it's going to be a big, like, picture actor. What about BAFTAs? Do you think BAFTA might go? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, no, it totally could be. And also BAFTA's gone, like, bonkers in the last few years, hasn't it? So there's no telling what BAFTA are going to do, really. Um, it's just a... It's, it's very, very enjoyable. I never liked it. It's a film I really want I to see again. It. it feels like... <laughs> You could watch it at a festival, come away thinking it's great, and then see it on TV six months later and be like, oh, oh no, I, I got festival fever, you call it, don't you? You know, when you see something early and you get excited by it. So it definitely feels like it could be that. Um, feels a bit three billboardsy in that way, you know? Now you could like it and then <laughs> the second time I saw three billboards, I was like, <laughs> but I saw, I saw it at the literal, at the actual premiere. In a crowd full of people like laughing at every joke and whooping along and like you kind of thinking, yeah, it was great, it was really funny. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. I mean, it's it's enjoyable, but it's it's not. Yeah, I feel like I was going to say I feel that way about Tony Edmund because I watched Tony Edmund at TIFF and everyone was howling and it was such a great experience and I've never seen it since. So I, I'm really hoping it doesn't disappoint me. Oh, I didn't get Tony Edmund at all. I was like, what? You know when people are when people are laughing at something, you're thinking, I didn't even realise that was a joke, you know? It was just a thoroughly odd odd experience for me. I didn't I didn't get again, it's that's a that's a tonal thing. It's the same thing we were saying earlier about um Aki Kalismaki or um uh uh Wes Anderson or something. I just didn't I just didn't understand the tone of that of that film. I just didn't get it. Um Yeah, sometimes you just don't. And, and this this thought burn's a bit a bit like that. It's got it's got a very specific tone and you have to you're either on board or you're not, you know. I think I was I was definitely on board, but I really do want to see it again and see if I've 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 missed it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it anyway, but yeah, definitely seems to be the European crowd, or at least the British crowd, prefer it. Yeah, I just think British people will, will get it in a way that other people maybe don't. The other thing I actually liked at the festival that the reviews the reviews have been great, but I just thought I just just enjoyed it, and I can't tell you why exactly. It was the bike riders? It's very oddly structured, um, slightly oddly cast, um, but I just found it very enjoyable. Um, Who's in it? Is there a hot guy in it? Well, Austin Butler's in it. That's it. People Hope- saying he was really good in it. Uh, no, I don't believe people were saying he was really good in it. He's hopelessly miscast. Um, he's so good looking that he's almost like not real. You know, he looks like he's been drawn. It looks like, looks like a cartoon of a good looking person. And here he's supposed to be something like a grizzled biker and he just can't pull it off. Not his fault. He just can't pull it off, especially when you're playing against Tom Hardy, who is like a, oh, even like Tom Hardy gone to, gone, gone to seed like middle aged Tom Hardy is still amongst the hottest thing on two legs, you know, and he feels that even though he's not American, he's got a, Perfectly, you know, good American accent. He feels like the real deal compared to Austin Butler sort of play acting. Um, but Jodie Comer is, is fantastic. Jodie Comer totally spoils the show. Um, she's really proving that she can kind of do anything, isn't she? Jodie Comer is doing like a, I think it's a Chicago accent, which I thought she was doing like a, um, like a Brooklyn or New Jersey accent or something or all the film. And then it turns out it's actually set in Chicago. Um, so that may be off if my ears aren't. Good. The accent itself sounded great, but maybe it's off for where she's actually supposed to be. But she's she's just fantastic, and you would never 
feels like she can play anything, because she can throw anything at her, you know? Um, she feels like this sort of generation's Kate Winslet, I feel. There's, um, she's not American, but you, she just, she can play, you know, you can throw anything at her and she'll just like hit it straight back at you. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just really enjoyed it. I'm not, again, I'm not arguing it's a great film as such, but it was constantly entertaining. And that Tom Hardy is, is pretty fantastic. Tom Hardy is, is pretty great. Um, Again, I don't think he's getting nominated, but it, it's a possibility because it's a really showy performance in a in a film that's going to get some sort of a, attention at the end of the year. Something I know you didn't see, which is a real shame actually, because then we could have had a proper bitch fest about it, uh, was uh, Ferrari. Yeah, oh, I was going to ask. Uh, people mentioned Penelope Cruz as a highlight. Is that could that happen? No, um, <laughs> Penelope Cruz is the highlight, but this is the highlight of an absolute debacle of a film it's, it's genuinely terrible um she is the highlight but she's usually the highlight of anything she's in Penelope Cruz never lets us down does she she's she's fantastic um and she does the best she can you know I was saying earlier about Maestro and how they'd taken a, a film of a great man and made it about a middling uh, marital crisis that's exactly what this film is only this film you've got Adam the very American Adam Driver playing a Italian in his late 50s again with his yeah, with his Italian um, accent, which is shocking. Um, nothing about it rings true. You've got a whole lot of Americans putting on really dodgy American accents, um, Italian accents. You've got Penelope Cruz. Oh, this is the thing I really hate these days. You just can't do it anymore. It's giving someone an accent and then letting them speak in English. Yeah. It, it just doesn't ring true anymore. We've gone past that, you know. So, like, having Penelope Cruz, the Spanish woman playing an Italian woman speaking English. <laughs> it's just it's just nonsensical. Um, you know, we have Shalane Woodley and um, Patrick Dempsey, who are apparently playing Italians, but I didn't realise they were supposed to be Italian until good halfway through the film, I think, when someone said something that made it clear. I Because their accents are so all over the place, it just was not clear at all what they were supposed to be. The plot... <laughs> <laughs> is about the man who started Ferrari. You know, you'd think there would be a story there, wouldn't you? And there's a, a third act drama happens. It's a real life event, but I won't spoil it for people who are going to see it, which is really dramatic. You know, it's a really big dramatic thing, which is so like underdeveloped. It happens and they kind of just move on. And you're like, that's your film. Your film's right there. If you'd made a film around this event, you would have a film. Instead, it's mostly about like Will Penelope, Will Penelope Cruz found out that he's got a mistress. <laughs> And you're like, that can't be, that cannot be. The film's called Ferrari, you know, about the man who made this classic car. The most exciting, dramatic thing that happened in his life cannot possibly be that his wife may found out that he's got a mistress. And you're just like, and it goes on and on and on. It's like, it's very, very bad. Very bad. Um, Good racing scenes, although you can't tell anyone apart. Looks good, I suppose. But like, yeah, it's just just an absolute shambles a mess it was a surprise film at london london film festival uh what they do every year yeah, how long is it like two hours it wasn't too bad um if it had been any longer i would have um i may have may have left um so at london film festival every year like going back 30 years or something they have a surprise film so you buy a ticket for like 20 pounds or something and then you don't know what that film is going to be um you can often have an idea what it might be because you can see what has been playing at tiff or venice and what what isn't on the schedule here. So this year, you and I had gone back and forth, hadn't we? Said what, what we thought it, it could be. Um, I think 
Next Girl Wins seemed the obvious one, but that's got such bad reviews. I kind of figured it maybe wouldn't be because um, you want something that people are going to enjoy. But that it's very it's usually a bit culty, isn't it? A bit culty, a bit like um, um, Lady Bird. They had they had Lady uh, Bird. They had, it's they had usually Green, a lighter film. Yeah, Green Book. They had they had the, the, the menu last year. Uh, they had Uncut Gems. So a bit bit genre, a bit like usually by like a um, a famous kind of auteur type type director. Uh, we've gone back and forth, and neither of us had said Ferrari. And the minute they said it, I was like, "Of course, it's Ferrari." It just felt so, so obvious that it was going to be Ferrari. Um, it did not. It was. It was not well received in the room. <laughs> to say, <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't think it was an amazing festival overall. I didn't. Um, I just don't think there was that, that many great films. It was. Per- it was fine, you know. And I've said that a lot, haven't I? It was. It was nothing really grabbed me. The, my favorite thing I saw was a. There's a documentary about John Galliano, uh, the fashion designer, um, called High and Low, which was brilliant. It's like, cause you, it's not, you know, after everything that he said did, all the drama that's gone on with him in the last few years, it could have just been like an apology piece. And it's not, it's more like a, it's more of a explanation than an excuse, you know, and it doesn't let him off the hook. I thought it was brilliant. Plus, you know, if we're not talking about Oscars, my second favorite thing in the world are 90s supermodels. So, um, Anything which has <laughs> 90s supermodels wearing extravagant gowns is um, is right up my straza. Um, I also saw a film called Unicorns by mistake. Yeah, this looked good. So I was going to... There was a, there's a famous um, sort of cult cinema in uh, London called Scala, which um, there was a documentary about Scala and its history and everything, which I had tickets for. I turned up, um, went in, sat in my seat... Someone was actually sat in my seat, so I just sat in the next one and thought, fine, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then just, it was literally, the lights were going down, and then the, the two directors came on and were chatting about it. And I thought it was a bit weird, because they're talking about the actors and um, how they support the, the SAG strike and everything. And I'm thinking, oh, it's nice of them to show solidarity. I don't know what it's got to do with a, a documentary about uh, a cult cinema. And then the <laughs> the credits went up, and I was in the wrong film. Um wasn't my fault. They changed the time of the screening and presumably someone sent me an email at some point. So I was, I sat down at the right time, but they, they changed the, the film. Don't know why. Um, almost left because I thought someone was going to come and want their seat back. Um, but no, it was really, really good. Surprisingly good. It's a film that could have gone wrong in so many ways. It's a film about a sort of trans-Asian girl um, and the relationship she gets into. And it's 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 one of those films which you, every moment you're thinking, ooh, is this going to like... Is this gonna like go down the roof? Is this gonna make me cringe any second? And it it didn't. It's really really good. Thoroughly entertaining. Brilliantly done. Um, um, it's from the same director who made the Swimmers last year, and I really like the Swimmers. So, um, yeah, look out for Unicorns. I don't know when it's coming out. I think it's beginning of next year, so um, it won't be like up for BAFTA or anything. But um, very very well done. Thoroughly entertaining. I really liked it a lot. So they were my two favourite films of the festival. Not Oscar bait at all. Um, but we've kind of talked about. Everything else apart from some real dreck we won't get into. All dirt, ro- all dirt roads taste of salt. Yeah, all dirt roads taste of salt. Um, the one uh, just, just in passing, the film I disliked the most was Book of Clarence. Oh yeah, this is it. James Samuel. Yeah, James Samuel, but spelt funny. J e y m e s. Um, he he made the harder they fall the other other year. Um, another film wasn't keen on. Uh, just Book of Clarence, an absolute tonal mess. It's literally like high drama and slapstick comedy within the same scene. One person will be like, 
sobbing because someone's getting crucified and the next person will be telling the joke and you're like, what, what's going on? Just an absolute, like, shambles. I like. But the crowd loved it, you know, the crowd loved it and maybe sometimes it's just, um, you know, as we were saying earlier, just not my thing, so... But no, it was it was pretty bad. But listen, let's not let's not end on a low because um, um, the Oscars are coming. And it's our favourite time of the year, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got critics awards coming up soon. Um, short lists. We've got the Globes. Always love the Globes because everyone just gets drunk. Um, but as is it still happening? Like. I don't think they've got a broadcaster yet, have they? No, yeah. they have. No, they have. Hold on. So it's oh, uh, they have. Have they? I, I literally, literally read something about this the other day. Oh, maybe they haven't. No, maybe it's just the fact that it was going ahead. I can't remember. But um, the, I, I, whatever problem the globes are, the messier the globes are, the better, as far as I'm concerned. So when people get like all up, up, um, up in arms about it, don't they? No, it's this terrible, it's this, I'm like, exactly! That's exactly what I want the globes to be. I want the globes to be an absolute travesty. I want the globes to like, um, you know, have a terrible voting panel, like made up of like, um, only, only Germans or something, you know? It's like, I want, I want them to be an absolute, um, car, because they're supposed to be. They, they sh- you shouldn't take them seriously. I can't get remotely mad about anything the globes does. Because they're, they're they're supposed to be a joke. But the great thing about the Globes is, despite all of this, despite the Arab joke, they've got a lot of history. They've been around since 1950, yeah. for God's sake. Like, this is like... And I kind of admire the longevity they've managed to, to get to. Yeah, it's journalists. It's not people in the industry, necessarily. It's not peers, anything like that. But then that's the interesting thing. You've got the journalists at the Globes. You've got the peers at the SAGs, and it's like... Yeah, the critics other places, I 100% agree. This is why when people get up in arms about it, I'm like, but it is what it is. Why are you, why are you arguing about something being what it's set up for? If, it, if this is what they are, and if you don't like it, don't like it. You don't have to like it. But there's no point getting annoyed by it. Just don't take any notice of it, you know? I, I just think they're a hilarious mess, and every time they make a terrible decision or a, like a laughable decision, that just makes me love them more. I love the fact that, you know, Emily in Paris gets loads of nominations after sending everyone to Paris <laughs> on a freebie. <laughs> that's exactly what, exactly what the Globes are for, you know. <laughs> My favourite Globes think, moment um, ever. I'm... Do you remember when Jacqueline Bissett won um, Best Supporting Actress in a TV movie or something? Years ago. It was just so totally random. And she was sat way, way, way at the back because absolutely nobody <laughs> thought she was going to win. And it took her like five minutes to get down the front or something. And I was just like, this has got globes written all over it. It's, it's so brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Apparently it will be streaming this year, which is good because that means anyone can watch it live. So, Do you, do you want to just tell me your um, predictions, early predictions? What, for each category? Well, not all of them, obviously, but yeah, yeah, the big ones. I've already said that I think that um, I'm sort of in a downbeat mode and think that um, the holdovers may um, manage to win Best Picture just because of the other options. Um, although the, maybe there is a chance they'll go for Oppenheimer um, since it's sort of we are in a place in the world at the minute where it's it's sort of very wars are happening and it, it's very anti-war um director i'm gonna say well Payne hasn't won has he 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think there's a chance that Nolan won't be nominated. It, <laughs> oh, I would love that. That would be brilliant. That would be absolutely brilliant. I called the Inception snub as well when he got snubbed for Inception. Um, although this isn't sci-fi, but I could see it because I I don't think I still think there's a little bit of that branch that resents him a little bit. Um, I I think I think the shocking I think the shot there could be Scorsese. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah, could be. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure because I think it's going to get lots of nominations. I'm just not sure. It feels, it feels the Irishman over again. It feels like ten nominations, no wins. Um, yeah. Uh, so okay, I'm going holdovers and pen um, at the minute. Annette Benning to me seems like the most sensible choice. You know what wouldn't surprise me is Helen Mirren getting nominated, especially given the Israel situation. No. For, for, oh, yeah, but don't you think the fact that she isn't Jewish is going to like go against her? I mean, I think I think that's come and gone. I think that's like. I hope so, but I, I watched. If you watch it, it's very baity, like very baity, and also. I remember SAG nominated her for Woman in Gold like a few years ago in Hitchcock. <laughs> I mean, that could they could nominate her again. She's like the biggest female icon from Israel. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that could happen. But for the win, certainly not. The win, I would put Benning. Um, best actor, I say Bradley Cooper. It's about time Bradley Cooper won something, to be honest. It's a transformation real person. Agree with you on Randolph. And then I probably think Downey Jr. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna agree with you. Uh I'm okay. I'm gonna say not Downey Jr. because he feels a bit obvious. I feel I think Marf- I'm gonna say Mark Ruffalo. I feel like it's the, the one that poor things could could win. Of the big awards, I still think it can win some crafts, but like uh I think it's uh I think he's very well liked and I think it's a very sort of showy performance. Um, I think supporting actress for the moment, I'm going to say, uh, Randolph. I think, um, I think the color purple ladies could have something to say about that. Maybe, but as we say, we haven't really seen that yet. Um, actor, I'm also going for, um, Bradley Cooper at the moment. I feel that the others, like you, you, Jeffrey Wright or Carmen Domingo, I think that a nomination would be, their win, wouldn't it? Um, and I don't quite know about Paul Messi. It feels a bit small to actually win for. Um, actress, I'm going to Fantasia. I'm going to say Fantasia. I'm only going to say Fantasia. I'm not going to say move off that the entire year. Even if she doesn't get nominated, I'm still going to be saying Fantasia because um, <laughs> I just will, will not allow it to be any other way. Do I think that's going to happen? Maybe not, but I'm not, I'm not pretending. I'm not going to uh, allow that to not happen. Um, I feel like it may be Christopher Nolan's time. I'd just like to get it over with. I'm not a Christopher Nolan fan at all. He just doesn't, just know. It just doesn't, just not my, just not my thing at all. Um, but I would just like to maybe get it over with. And I feel the whole of, the whole of us feels a, maybe just a bit, um, as we said, a bit small for, for a director win. I can see it maybe getting a, 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 um, picture win, but I do think that like it's, it's not really, it's not really a feat of directing, is it? Absolutely not, um, no. And uh, picture, I'm boringly. I've got holders at my number one at the moment, but I think it may ju- it may just be Oppenheimer, and maybe we're trying to overthinking it. You know, 
Um, nothing else I've seen feels like a winner. You know, I wasn't a big fan of Opportunities. It's totally fine. Uh, very, very well made. All the crafty stuff is fantastic. Um, wasn't my thing, but I think it's maybe just, um, nothing's coming on to knock it off its perch. And I think that, I think you, something big would need to come to knock it off, wouldn't it? And I don't think that's quite, that's quite happened. What do you think about Barbie though? What do you think Barbie's going to like? I was just going to ask you about that. I think I have a feeling it won't be nominated for Best Picture. Um, I think. Oh no, it's definitely getting Best Picture. I'm not sure. I think Gosling will be nominated. I don't think Robbie will be nominated, but Robbie's brilliant. But I don't think she'll be nominated. I don't. I don't either. Yeah. I agree. I just think she won't because I think where are those number one votes going to come? You know, you're really going to be putting her at number one a lot of lots of ballots, and it's nothing in the entire history of the um, Academy has been nominated for best actress like like that, has it? Not even close. Yeah, but I think I think it's because it's because it's got a girl wig. It's got enough kind of like cachet to. Um, if it was just a Barbie film that was directed by someone you'd never heard of, but it was about you know, um, and it had made all that money, it wouldn't be. It would just be like a a trolls movie or something, wouldn't it? But this has enough kind of like. Um, gravitas with the people who made it that I feel like it all um, it will it'll be elevated into that, that bill. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's winning but I think like coming up I think enough people will be and taken with it enough to give it a give it a nomination or or a few I think it's going to get lots of crafty ones and I I certainly think Ryan Gosling can get in I think he was the best thing about the whole film but we, we are not um, we don't have a vote do we unfortunately we don't. One, one day. Until, until you become part of the Academy after winning Best Live Action Short Film. <laughs> From your mouth to the Academy's ears. <laughs> I will, right. I'll, um, when, it's, when it's polished up, I will actually give you the script, then you'll understand what I'm talking about, yeah? Um. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and talking about the festival, talking about the Oscars. We could be completely wrong, and in four months' time... None of these people win, and something's just swept in and won the whole thing. But yeah, I am for someone who knows so much about the Oscars, and you know, there's not that many of us in the world who are that that as obsessed as I am. Um, I'm a terrible, terrible Oscar pronosticator. Um, I'm just not. I think my my own. Um, that's the one thing you can't be. You can't like go by your own um your own uh. Uh, tastes, you know, and I have a terrible habit of just clicking onto something and just refusing to let it go. As you know, as I'm going to be doing Fantasia all, all season, so um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't, I would never listen to me. Anyone who's listening in and thinks they want to listen to me for um, your Oscar tips, do do not. It'll, it will go horribly wrong. Um, yeah, me neither, because I could have sworn Laurie Metcalf and uh, Willem Dafoe were going to win those supporting Oscars, and then it all goes another way. So yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode next week uh, on the best story lineup of 1930 to 31. Uh, back to our usual format. Uh, see you then. I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna hold my head up I'm gonna put my shoulders back And look you straight in the eye 
most of all. 